0: Welcome to Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank and I imagine we all know that feeling when we get a bill in the mail and there are several numbers in the red on that piece of paper that says past due and we have that panic moment as we think to ourselves, shit, I can't pay that. Well, we're being led to believe that the government is having a similar moment and the number on their piece of paper is somewhere in the ballpark of 31 trillion dollars. And D.C. is panicking because the government might run out of money to pay what it owes, resulting in a default. Unless the government can raise the debt ceiling, a limit we put on ourselves, to continue borrowing money to pay for its bills, programs, employees, etc. And the political establishment is making the situation overly complicated, intentionally, when this debt ceiling debacle shouldn't even be an issue. Don't get me wrong, defaulting on the debt, while we don't technically know everything that might happen because it's never happened before... If it did happen, it could have a serious impact on, for example, people who rely on a government check in the mail to buy food or any other necessity. Maybe the government decides that's not a priority right now, and they would rather pay the corporations they borrowed money from first. That seems like something they would do. But this shouldn't even be an issue, because for one, the government has always raised a debt ceiling. For the last century, when they first decided to have a debt ceiling during World War I, they just kept raising it ever since. And for two... The fact that it was just something that was decided, that a debt ceiling is something we should impose on ourselves, that we can also just keep raising, that shows that it's not something we even need. Just get rid of it. Ignoring for a moment that it's ridiculous to live in a system that sustains itself, barely sustains itself, by throwing people and entire countries harmfully into inescapable debt, we actually don't need to have debt ceiling talks at all, ever again, if we just got rid of the debt ceiling. But the ruling class, and particularly the Republicans, saw a disgusting opportunity here. Well, first, both parties keep pushing this narrative that America pays its debts. We need to pay our debts. And they have to keep saying that because they want us to keep paying our debts. Because the country and the world runs on debts that nobody can pay. In total, American households owe about $17 trillion right now. That's a lot of cash. So, of course, both parties who are owned by corporate interests want us to pay back that debt even if we're drowning in it. And more insidious than that, the Republicans want us to believe the government is spending way too much money, not on the military and police, but on everything else. The government is just too irresponsible with money, which is the same trope the wealthy say about poor people, that we just need to stop spending so much money on food and clothing and rent. And if we can't afford things, well, that's a personal failing, and we just need to work harder. As if it were that easy to stop spending money on the things we need to survive. In a system that demands we pay more and more while our wages and salaries remain the same. And if we want a decent standard of living, we have to borrow more. But borrowing is getting more expensive. High inflation has been persistent. So the Federal Reserve has been equally persistent that their solution to raise interest rates will help. At some point, right? They've raised interest rates 10 times since March of 2022 bringing it to a 16-year high. That mostly just means bad news for working-class people who are essentially forced to take out loans, use credit cards to buy necessities, and so on. Folks are paying more every month on their mortgage payments. That's not sustainable, but you'll have just as much difficulty paying for rent. We can't afford a roof over our head. We can't afford food. We can't afford anything. We need a social safety net now more than ever. But the Republicans have decided to use this threat of defaulting national debt, which would be cash traffic for a lot of people, especially poor people, to call for major cuts to government spending, which would also be catastrophic for poor people. Cuts to government spending on what, exactly? It's got to be the military, right? Because we spend more than the next 10 countries combined at a whopping $870 billion? An even more outrageous amount when you learn the military can't even pass an audit. Billions of dollars in taxpayers' money, and when we ask the military where all that money goes, they say, I don't know, for war and stuff? Surely that's the spending we'll cut, right? Of course not. The Republicans' original proposal, the Limit Save Grow Act, which passed the House, calls for completely trashing student debt cancellation, adding work requirements for Medicaid and SNAP benefit recipients, and voiding any COVID relief funding that hasn't been spent yet, among other details. Which is also ridiculous and harmful, especially since we've already been losing pandemic assistance. There's never a good time to cut social spending. In fact, we should and could be spending more on public goods and services. But now is definitely not the time to cut social spending with the rising cost of living. Spending cuts aside, the work requirements for Medicaid and SNAP benefits would be fucking disgusting. I don't care who you are, having a job does not determine your worth. And no matter what, you deserve food and health care. And we are capable of providing everyone with everything they need. No requirements, no questions asked. But we don't even have universal health care. And the private health care some of us barely have, held behind a paywall, the Republicans would really like to make worse. They knew that their Limit Save Grow Act was dead on arrival in the Senate. They largely just wanted to use this as a negotiating tool to get some cuts. Propose something outrageous, haggle down to something less outrageous, but still pretty harmful to working people. Now, Biden and the Democrats had said that they're not going to negotiate, and they shouldn't have. Again, this situation doesn't even need to be a situation, but we know how spineless they are. The Democrats were banking on the Republicans not having a plan. That was their whole strategy, that the Republicans didn't have a strategy. But since the House passed their plan, Biden has been negotiating for weeks after saying that he wouldn't. And over Memorial Day weekend, Biden and McCarthy tentatively agreed to raise the debt ceiling until after the 2024 election. If it were to actually get passed, the compromise includes putting an end to the student loan repayment pause, rescinding about $30 billion in unspent COVID relief money, and raising the work requirement age for SNAP benefits from 49 to 54, but veterans and houseless people would be exempt from work requirements, and there would be no new work requirements on Medicaid. Also, military defense spending would pretty much be guaranteed to increase. Again, many people will say, well, it's not as bad as the original proposal, but there didn't need to be any concessions at all. Biden could have invoked the 14th Amendment, which literally says the validity of the public debt of the U.S. shall not be questioned. Biden could bring the constitutional hammer down without any compromise but he hasn't done that. Why? Because he says there's just not enough time at this point. It would take too long. Ah, well, maybe next time. Bro, you could have done this shit weeks, if not months ago. It's not like you didn't know this was coming. The Republicans pulled a similar stunt back in 2011 when you were vice president. You had time to invoke the 14th, but you chose not to. I've said it before, as have many other people, and I'll say it again. As long as the Republicans and Democrats remain the only two parties in charge, we'll stay in this doom loop, because they both protect the status quo. At the end of the day, the Republicans and the Democrats will always choose the interests of the wealthy over everyone else. They're both willing to make cuts to non-defense spending that will ultimately hurt average Americans. The Republicans are just more open about it. Democrats will hide behind bureaucracy and procedures as their excuse for not fighting for working class people. Just like when they didn't codify federal abortion protections, even when they had the majority in both the House and the Senate. They're like, oh, but Manchin and the filibuster, our hands are tied. The Democrats let themselves get tied up. Listen, do you want the government to pay its debts? Do you want the government to stop spending so much irresponsibly? The solution is honestly very simple. Raise taxes on wealthy corporations instead of borrowing money from them and cut military spending. The rich are always telling us that we need to earn more, right? Well, taxing the rich is how the government earns more to then pay for public goods and services. But neither the Republicans or the Democrats will go for that. We need an independent working class party that truly fights for us. We make sure they fight for us not just by voting, but by actively holding them accountable, by applying pressure through collective action in our workplaces and in the streets. Electoral campaigns, social movements, and workplace struggle are all connected and can reinforce each other, and it's so much more effective at the grassroots level in your hometown. There's a good chance there are already people in your area putting in the work. If you're not sure how to take that first step, the Debt Collective is a good place to start. At the very least, it's a good example of people with debt organizing together for debt cancellation and for public goods. And now imagine everyone with debt, and there are a lot of us, coming together to abolish debt entirely. For everyone. No requirements, no concessions, no cap. Seems like an impossible task. But the more of us there are demanding it, the more likely it is we'll win. Thanks for listening, and solidarity forever.